Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey, Kua. Hey, girl. How's your week been? The week, I mean, it's going. It's going. How about yours? It's it's going. We, you know, <laughs> we're going to talk about why we were excited, what yeah. happened this past week. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, some some gems of the day. But we have some amazing guests throughout our whole podcast right. season. So we just What episode is this? Episode eight. Episode eight. Yes. That so got here quick. It did get here quick. So we're going to be wrapping up the season soon. But we have, like I said, we've been having some amazing guests on our podcast. And yes. so we're just going to continue with the greatness. And so we have Lindsay Taylor here. Hey. What's going on? What's going on? Um, so we have Lindsay here. So just really quickly, um, I, you know, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about Lindsay. Lindsay has businesses, y'all. He has businesses. businesses. (laughs) So we're going to get into that. But just a little bit about Lindsay. Lindsay is a native of Buffalo, New York. He attended Buffalo State College for undergrad studies and business marketing. Um, He is renowned renowned businessman in the pillars of real estate, education, sports, and entertainment. Um, During the spring of 2007, at the age of 19, he started his first business, Crown Entertainment and Promotions. And then um, developing rapidly, the company became one of the leading marketing and event planning brands across the United States. Over the past 15 years, Lindsay, you don't look like you that old. So over the last <laughs> past 15 years, Lindsay has been able to launch many successful sports and entertainment brands. And we'll talk about that along with many successful partnerships. Taylor strives to be unique and transcending, trend-setting setting, sorry, in his industry with bridging the gap between generations, community, and businesses, and breaking cultural barriers. Lindsay's success and vision enable him to start several prominent businesses within an international reach. And she said several for several, a reason. Several, so get ready. Let me get you the list <laughs> ready real quick. So he has the... Bowflow, did I say it right? You said it right. Bowflow Music and Arts Festival, Ballin' for a Cause, which I played in one year, but uh, yeah. So, um, (laughs) Queen City Classic, Basketball League, Gold's uh, Premier Cup, and Lindsey Taylor Real Estate. Lindsay is more importantly is a proud father, girl dad, and devoted family member. So welcome Lindsay to thank our you. show. So I'm super excited to dive in, but before we get there, we're gonna talk about some things that's happened. We're dive into this we're hot dive topic. into the hot topic. Which honestly, I mean, everybody probably has paid attention to this. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about the election this past week and change or however long it's been. Um Actually, a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. Exactly a week. But we didn't find out until this past Saturday. Yes. So. Yes. How did you find out? Um, You, actually. Did I? We were on the oh, phone. Oh, yeah, we were on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the phone. We the and phone. you were like, oh, they called They, they called it. They said yes. that Biden's a projected winner. Yes, I got a text message, and I literally stopped in my tracks. I was like, oh, let me go And, and then once you said that, then I jumped on the news yes. or whatever. But I, you know, I had, I told you before, I was not paying attention. Um, the day of the election, I can't tell you how many people were texting or talking about it. And I said, no, I refuse Mm -hmm. to do this to myself. That anxiety, that stress. I remember four years ago, 
I didn't want to repeat that. And yes. so um, you were the one who gave me the I news. I did. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. And so I was super excited. Um, and more so for um, Kamala Harris. I mean, absolutely. Kamala absolutely. is the first black VP that we've had. Black Southeast Asian. South- yes. Yes. Um, I mean, her family, her family, um, you know, has a really cool history too. Like her mom. Mm-hmm. And her dad being Jamaican, and it's funny because I have friends who were like, "Okay, now people that went to Howard not going to stop saying stuff." Yes, because she's a Howard alum. Um, yep. You know, the Jamaicans got to big her up, of course. Right. Um, but yeah, super excited. This is the first time in history, in history, that we have a woman vice president yes. elect. Yes, and so that is huge in itself. Right. And I say also too, now is not the time for especially black people to take a step back and say, right. oh, we, we, we made it. Right. It is a time right. to hold people accountable. It's a time to now go back two years later, look at Congress. Yes. It's a time now to really look at who's going to be in office for the four years from now. Right. So this is not a time where you take a step back and you relax. This is a time where now you keep pushing forward. And I think a lot of people have talked about that too, right? Um, this isn't the time to to disinvest in terms of your interests on politics and what's going on. I know for me, I had to step back only Mm -hmm. because, you know, the anxiety and and everything that was going on, I needed to do that personally, but I never stopped paying attention completely. And I think, you know, now we got to push, we got to push people. Right. 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 So it's like, and and Joe Biden's speech, he mentioned he owes the African-American community. And I think the African-American community will hold hold him accountable. Yes. Accountable. Right. So this is like you said, this isn't the time to stop um, paying attention, but it's the time to let's, let's go. We got some progress to be made. Right. So Lindsay being a a girl dad, what does this whole election mean to you? Um, it it, it means a lot. I, I don't, I don't think to me it means, I mean, it does obviously mean something that there's that there's a first uh, woman to be vice president elect. Um, but I think you know my oldest daughter. I think she always had that point of view to always strive to you know for greatness and so forth like that. So for me, um, it was more or less okay. What are their futures going to look like? Right. You know, right. Um, you know, more or less. You know, I'm in my 30s now. So what are their futures going to? What does this do for for their futures? Mm-hmm. You know, what is mm-hmm. you know this presidency? Obviously, for me, it's like okay. Not in the, in the, in the, I shouldn't say this, but this term that Biden's gonna get into is like that. Okay, like this is like that placeholder term for who's gonna come in. That's in the true. Next yes, in that's the very next true. Four years. Yes. Yeah, and then that's kind of like when we when we really take off. So okay, so now it's like like you said, it's like what's happening in the next four years, right? You know, because you know Joe is I forgot how old he is. He's in his 70s. 78, 78, 78, 78, so, 78. So I mean, I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable with a eighty-seven year old president <laughs> going into office <laughs> for a second term. So I would say that obviously we know that this four years is going to be very vital to what's going to, you know, what's happening. What's coming next. What's coming next. So yeah. who's who's in line yeah. um, mm-hmm. in four years, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe in the next four to 12 years, you know, we may see president-elect be a woman. Yeah. You know? yes. um, I, I, we're ready. Yeah. We're ready. We ready. I think yeah. this is the next step, right? You got yeah. the vice president. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we'll probably... I you, mean, counting count this, counting this, counting this term that's coming to probably yeah. about twelve years away. You think? Mm-hmm. You think probably, that probably, long? Probably. I think so because I think you know, if you look at this term, you have you have this one, and then the next pres, you know, president probably going depending, depending mm-hmm. who's who runs. Like if you have somebody like Cuomo running, um, he said he's not going to run. That's what they say. They all say that. That's what they say. They all say. You know, so depending on who comes from the Democratic side, if yeah. say for somebody like Cuomo runs and so forth like that. 
you will figure that they'll probably will try to be in there for at least two. Yeah. Right. Two of two of two of them in there. So you will hope they at least be in there for two. They'd be a strong candidate to be in there for two. Mm-hmm. Um so if it is a man such as Cuomo, I mm-hmm. think he will have a good fight. I don't know who else would be It'll be it'll be interesting though because yeah, I mean you got you got the vice president who's who's a woman right it depends on what she does is you know, she right yeah. like is she going to go for I mean, it, depends, it, it, it depends on what she does I, I I feel like it depends on how she ruffles feathers and how she how, how she carries you know because how how she how she manages herself and how people get that impression of her to take that next step yeah right obviously you have you know maybe Michelle um, I think Michelle chilling. I, she is. She I has some other stuff up her sleeve. She got I some think. other. I mean, now with Stacey Abrams would be yes. an Stacey, interesting. Stacey, Stacey Abrams would be cool. America's just funny. Isn't, America's yeah, not ready. No, I, I don't right. think America ready you're for right. all black chicks <laughs> yet. And I, and I and I hate to say that because I really would love to see it, but I don't know if America, from you know from Obama to Donald Trump to come in this election right yeah, here. Yeah. I don't know if America's ready for Stacy in four years. No. I don't know. I don't know if she That's ready. sad. I, I and it, it is sad. It's I don't sad. I don't, I don't know I, I don't know if somebody's they ready for Stacy in four years. I don't know. I think maybe somebody like AOC in eight years or so. Mm, but she ruffles a lot of feathers know. though too. Yeah. I yeah. love I, I love a good her. cabinet member. I though. love her a lot because right. I, I love her I love her, her position a lot of things how she comes very off very intelligent don't take no stuff. Yeah. Some people feel like she ruffled up. You know, I've actually had that conversation with a few um, friends who are, who are women. They said like, okay. no, I don't care for it too much. Really? It's, yeah, it's like women. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it's interesting. Women don't care, you know, <laughs> yeah. care for it too much. Where I feel like men are like, damn, that's kind of like, we look for that. Like, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. she not backing down. You yeah. know, comma, kind of like the same way too. It's like, I she don't, she don't back down yeah. um, from that. So, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's 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 gonna be. I mean, it got what like two years to figure that out. Listen, no, like yesterday. <laughs> Listen, we need to well, it needs to be figured out now. But you know, in right. two in two years, they gotta they gotta be full go. I right. think what we're gonna see though, because there's this conversation that keeps coming up, is this. You know, how progressive are you, or how progressive aren't you? And so, in the Democratic Party in itself, there's been that tug of war where it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the AOCs who are pushing the party and trying to get the party to be more progressive. And you have the people who have been there for a long time who are just saying, like, look, let's let's kind of settle things. Let's right. get back to basics and aren't ready to have some of those larger conversations. So we, we got we stuff will, to watch. We'll see. And especially, yeah. you know, I even look at just the traditional way of the Republican and Democratic Party. I think mm. as time as we keep going on, it's is not going to be clear lines. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to see that now. That's I mean, true. a lot of people say, oh, Biden's a socialist. He's a whatever. Um, I think now we're starting to really see that some of those lines are being muddled. Yeah. And, and I don't just think... what you said. I asked, yeah. I asked that question I think the other day. I'm like, what happened to the Green Party and the Tea Party? <laughs> we, just, yeah. we just get no, red, and, right. red and blue. I'm like, right. yeah. you know, we, you know, in high school, you learn about the Green Party, Tea Party, the Whig Party, whoever else. Yeah. It's all about who has the money, though. Right, too. and I was... So, so it's about this. It was like, okay, so will we see another... Um, like party. party, yeah. I mean, because I there so. are people with money who don't need to be democratic. You know, like that's yeah. true. Say for instance, Elon Musk got behind mm-hmm. a candidate and said, "You run and be Oof. part of working family party." Yeah, yeah. He has enough money to fund it. Obviously, Bloomberg can do whatever the hell he wants because he right. just blew <laughs> <laughs> an immense amount of money uh, right. for nothing. Uh, we could he could have yeah. fixed a whole lot of uh, economies, you know, but. 
Right. Yeah. I feel like we can have a whole podcast on like politics, we could. And we could. black politics, and everything else, right, and how everything right. works. So, um, but yeah, no, we'll we'll have to see how things play out. But right now, we're just waiting on this transition from Donald. President Trump to get out <laughs> and then, you know, for Biden to come in. So yeah. we'll see how this transition um, happens. So got we'll a have a couple to months. Jordan got to do their thing for that Senate. Lesson. Yes. Yes. Lesson. The runoff. Yes. So Georgia, we have some work do to thing. do in Georgia. Um, so it's not over. It's not over. Right. Um, so. Yeah. So I, we want to talk to you today. Now, we in terms of our podcast, we talk a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion, inclusive cultures. Um, and one of the things that we want to talk to people about is generational wealth. And so we've seen in the work that we do, there, there's major gaps, uh, major gaps stemming from a lot of structural uh, systemic issues mm -hmm. in the past. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, it's interesting because I'll see you post about different tidbits. I think the most recent mm -hmm. one you uh, posted about was the bills player who was trying to buy the house right, and there was right, like a discrepancy right, there right. and you were breaking it down for people to understand like this is why this happened mm -hmm, um right. and so often seeing your post seeing you engage right. with other people you talk about buying homes you know you do, you're into right. real estate you talk right. about securing the bag for people and so we want to talk to you about that today right. and just get your take on mm -hmm. what what does that look like what does it mean um yeah okay so uh Generational wealth is, is, is huge. Um, is, is, is how, for anybody doesn't, I don't know if anybody doesn't understand what generational yeah, yeah, wealth is. Yeah, that's a good point. So generational wealth is what's passed down from generation to mm -hmm. generation mm -hmm. and it's assets. Right. It's, you know, what are you passing out to the next generation to succeed? And necessarily not the next generation, but two generations from you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. your grandchildren. So are you passing down, you know, so what we have right here is that, you know, because let me slow it. I'm trying to see how I can slow it down and make it make sense. For <laughs> so what you have, like, so say for instance, like let's talk about the black household. Mm -hmm. We don't understand what generational wealth is. Cause it's one is a taught mm -hmm. mechanism and a system, one systematic and it's taught. Mm -hmm. And both of those things systematically we've been taken out of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, taking out that equation and understand what generational wealth is. Second is it hasn't been taught from generations. Mm -hmm, right. So take off generational wealth, right? Let's talk about something completely different. Um, can we call them white? Should I call them white people for political correctness? Okay, so <laughs> non-people of color yes. um, will train their kids how to shoot a gun from the age of five. Okay. Black children, parents aren't showing them how to hunt. And so forth like that. I, I see, see it all the time. I, I have see. friends who are not people of color who I went to high school with, and they're showing mm -hmm. the sons how to hunt, how to arch, and mm -hmm. so, so forth like that. Group of kids who, who knew mm -hmm. how to do that at a very, very young age. Okay. We aren't taught that, more or less. We find that out on a street way, right? Mm -hmm. So generational wealth is taught at home mm -hmm. how to balance your finances, your personal finances, right. what stocks are, what investments are looking like, and so forth like that. So it's a taught thing, right? Mm -hmm. But also generational wealth is something that is passed down. From on. So yeah, yeah. you can look and what it benefits to the next generation. So you have, point of case, the Kennedys. Mm -hmm. You have people with the last name Kennedy who are benefiting from their family that, that took place from the early 1900s. Right. Right. From essentially bootlegging. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you have the Rockefeller family. You have all these. Trump is mm -hmm. a prime mm -hmm. example of mm -hmm. generational mm -hmm. wealth. Mm -hmm. Is a prime example of generational wealth where his grandfather 
had assets that he passed down to each generation and that their generation can now Trump has essentially had a, a better start right, than right. coming from nothing. Right. So white white families, because this is the six they always throw out or not, white families are three generations in off the bat. Mm-hmm. Black families are starting at zero. Right. I want to throw... Even- yeah, like even like really quickly. So Brookings, we were talking about this yeah, earlier. Yeah, Brookings is a good one. Yeah, so um, they threw out a statistic out there that, and this is from 2016, mm-hmm. um, and that because of racial disparities that we know of, um, at 171,000, the net worth of a typical family is nearly 10 times greater than that of a black family at right. 17,150. Let me say that again. At $171,000, right. the net worth of a typical white family is nearly 10 times greater than that of a black family at $17,150. And that's what I was going to mention, too. Like, we're, we were talking about getting to net zero instead of actually being in debt right? Um, as people of color and as black people specifically. Um, and we know that there's a lot of systemic issues that mm-hmm. that shook this out in the, in the way that it is. So you think about... Um, was it World War Two mm-hmm. when when people were coming back? They were yeah. giving mortgages, but there were that's huge. That, right. So that's huge. so people started, um, and this weren't not people of color, but white people were given the opportunity to take a mortgage because they couldn't afford right. a house right out. Right. So they got a mortgage. They were able to you know pay that and and mm-hmm. keep the home and then pass that down to the next generation. So your your next generation had a home. Already, mm-hmm. they didn't have to buy anything. They didn't have to take any mortgage out. Right. Um, they now own it, and then you can build moving forward. Right. And so they talk about those type of systemic issues that have impacted us continuously to this mm-hmm. day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things that we need to talk about in terms of home ownership and having equity and what that actually yeah. looks mm-hmm. like. Investment. And, and that's right. the thing too is like you know, the biggest key to 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 gaining wealth is real estate. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the number one thing to gain uh, wealth is okay. real estate. Um, and then you also have, obviously, you have stock market, you have um, life insurance, you have uh, personal savings, mm-hmm. you have education. Uh, so are things that can help people obtain generational wealth that can be passed down right. in business. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then estates and wills. So those are avenues and vehicles that help you obtain generational wealth. Mm-hmm. But real estate is that foundational piece. Anybody who's essentially a millionaire or even a billionaire mm-hmm. has real estate in their portfolio at 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 a, at a start, right? Okay. So, real estate is as as you said. From if if I would encourage anybody to look into and read the Color of Law. Yes, yes. That's the a color good one. the Color of Law is a great book to read because it will show you the systematic ways of how you know literally they talked about places like Buffalo and San Francisco mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so forth like that in Baltimore, where you had World War II veterans literally coming back home. And, you know, they were given mortgages and you had redlining, you had right. blockbusting, you had mm-hmm. a variety of other measures that kept black people away from obtaining home ownership. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have black people obtain home ownership? Yes, but they were, you know, four or five families living in one home mm-hmm. or they were living in the projects and so forth mm-hmm. like that. Um, or they were uh, blocked off in red zone in a certain demographic that right. the value necessarily couldn't be right. there. Right. Right. You had workers who were working in factories who had to literally carpool 40 miles, 40, 50 miles, basically coming from here to Rochester just to get to work. Mm-hmm. And white families were able to get around. Right. You also had, you know, you had things where you had white people who tried to help black people mm-hmm. and yes. they got in, in, in legal trouble. Yep. So you have white people who would obtain mortgages to let black people uh, get in. Okay. And 
white people got prosecuted for that. Stones got stoned yep. through. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if a black person did move into the suburbs, you know, there was, you know, burning crosses in the land, right. fi- you know, uh, firebomb stone in the house, mm-hmm. uh, constant harassment. So right. they eventually end up fleeing. Yeah. So real estate is a thing to pass down. So when you have that real estate, it's, it's equity. As mm-hmm. soon as you buy real estate, it's the best investment you can have because it's going to mature over time. And what we don't realize is that as our people, we look at what we see on TV mm-hmm. and or what we see on social media, the cars and the jewelry and things of that nature, the gaudy stuff. That is what you get from what matures from your investment. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Real estate what grows it. So like, you know, you'll see now here in Buffalo, you'll hear people talking about, oh man, this house on Dewey. Why the heck is this house, you know, seventy, eighty thousand dollars? Man, just five years ago, that's twenty thousand it's an investment. Right, right, right. And you hope that your investment occurs value over over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's what real estate does. It incurs over a period of time mm-hmm. and there's other investment mod models that you can Invest into to help you do that. And one of them is called the bird, where you literally say, for instance, like this, it's a bird, it's a method that you can help incur real estate over a period of time where okay. say for instance, if you were to buy a house for eighty a hundred thousand dollars, say for the house was on the market for a hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And you buy that house in cash, right? Mm-hmm. You then take that house to the bank and say, Hey, I have this house, it's worth a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You can get eighty percent of your money back. So now you get eighty thousand dollars back, yeah. while you can it could be since you wanted to be a rental property, right? right. Where you're Go paying purchase something else, pay mm-hmm. it, take that eighty thousand yeah. dollars, buy another house, right? And then do the same, right, right, same thing over and over. And, and over. I and I know even traditionally, like when I even talk to some of my elders, um, especially black elders, it's like you don't want to talk about or they don't want to talk about money. They don't want to talk about investments. They don't want to talk about what they have in their assets because it's that whole thing of like stay out of my business type Mm. thing and so that's what I see sometimes when we're having conversations about life insurance or we're having conversations about wills it took so long to get there and so so it's just like let's not have this conversation it's none of your business but I think these are some of the conversations that we should be having especially with our younger generation Mm -hmm. to say these are our assets even like if someone was to sit me down and say this is what we have like when I was little I would have understood how to invest in generational wealth as I got older instead of and just... That's the thing, and that's the thing that, that other cultures are doing, yeah. right? So you have other cultures teaching from a very young age. And it's, it's even... Uh, I, was, I was just reading something recently, whereas, you know, once black people obtain that wealth status and they become the, that top 10% of mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. demographic, mm-hmm. right? They instantly think that they have to feed out and, and start providing for yes. everybody else where... Got you. Other cultures silo that, or they work together yes. to get to that point. Yeah. Rather than I gotta get, I get here by myself, and then once I get this, so you see like with NFL players, right? You see with basketball players, mm-hmm. they get the money, then now they paying for this cousin, that cousin, this mom, and this, you know, yep. everybody to then rise up, and now there's this dwindling now. Right. While right. the white players, you know, mom right. and dad is already straight, so now I'm still obtaining money. Now I'm passing it down to right. my kids. And so, that honestly, I mean, you you give an example of NFL, but that's. Generally, what is happening, I think, because they already the are because that's what happens when you're generations ahead. You can do that, right? Mm-hmm. So, right, what we have to do is that is 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 much harder to catch that up, right? Yeah. So you got to make the playing field evil. So 
it's not that hard to get there. It just has to be a group effort. Has right? to be a, and it has the to group be group economics. To, yeah. mm. I mean, it's just, that's the, that was the thought process behind um, the Black Wall Street and Tulsa right. and collective economics. And if anyone doesn't know about Black Wall Street in the 1920s, it was burned down mm-hmm. um, because all these black people got to, got together and they literally had businesses upon businesses. I think they, I even read there was like a small airport in the area owned by a black family mm. and it was burned to the ground but they had that same they had that mentality of let's get our stuff together let's right. pull together right. and let's help each other out and create that generation yeah, one of the people that are doing it right now the one of the cultures is the middle eastern culture they're yes. doing it you know mm-hmm. it's particularly real estate is that you know they pull their money together to purchase and then they'll move one of their family members into that property and then move on to the and then move and then once that family member gets established in the area yeah then they move mm-hmm. on yeah. so it doesn't take that much. And I tell people this all the time. People are like, oh, well, you know, I don't have ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to put together. I said, you have four friends. Right. Four mm-hmm. friends. Y'all can save up $2,500 a piece. That's $10,000 to start. Now, y'all can do that quarterly. Mm-hmm. Y'all can do that annually. Right. Right. You could take that $10,000. If one of y'all got good credit, y'all could take that to the bank and say, okay, we want to purchase a small investment property. And then maybe you purchase something under $100,000. And then now you're going to get that. Yeah. Right. right. And then yeah. now you take that property. Right. And then you get that. Return going, you do you do the same thing. So mm-hmm. it doesn't take a lot. If we can pop bottles, we go out to Vegas or whatever have you and, <laughs> and spend five thousand right. or two thousand dollars on it. That's essentially a down. It's three point five percent. So you know, if a hundred thousand, three point five percent. That's thirty five hundred dollars. Right. And then you know, you figure your closing costs. You know, that's less than ten thousand. No, yeah, you absolutely know? So right. it's that value system too. It's the value. It's, it's, yeah. it's the value. Awesome. But they don't see. They don't. They don't see it. So you got to make for us. You got to make generational wealth look really cool for us. You know, I guarantee you if somebody starts buying property, oh man, they start showing up property like they show off the chains and going out. It's going... I think, I mean, the other piece too, and it's interesting because you, you talk about some um, immigrants who are moving in and doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it also says something about the culture in America versus mm-hmm. outside, right? So, you know, I have family members who are immigrants to the U S and the mindset is different. Cause you talk about the collective sense of putting stuff together, but that's also a culture back home. You know, when you talk about right. different countries within Africa, like that's a culture where it's like collectively mm-hmm. we will all succeed. We'll all kind of get together um, and make sure that we're all succeeding and winning. But when you look at the United States in terms mm-hmm. of culture, it's individualism. So, yes. We, we as black people, right, and I always, you know, wear those two hats because I'm half Ghanaian, mm-hmm. half um, African-American. Mm-hmm. But as black people in America, we're living amongst a society and culture that is very, this is me, right. that's you, you do what you do over there, right. and I do what I do over here. And so I think that's a shift that would have to happen within our culture, too, mm-hmm. to say, look, collectively, if we can get together, and it, and it did used to happen, I think, Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, but now it's just not. That's not the conversation. It's, it's, it's tough because it's, it's so many factors. You know, you have, you know, social media. You have um, just systemic things from you know slavery and so forth like that. We whipping apart people and mm-hmm. don't do that. You better not do that. Right you over here and get in trouble. Right. Or you know, you got the house versus the field and so forth like like. Oh, they think they're better than us. So it's a lot of systemic things. Yeah. But you know, we do need to. And then obviously from the cultures, like you said, it's a village. And it's a, it's, a group, exactly. it's a group effort. And, exactly. You know, we got to get out of here together. Right. <laughs> you know, right. sometimes right. You, you'll hear a lot of those families like, you know, everybody but the dad left, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And dad stayed back so that the family could succeed. Right. All you the know? time. Yeah. So, you know, but you don't necessarily hear people making that real sacrifice like that all the time here in the States. Mm-hmm. So it just has to be that group effort. Like, it's that real sit down with friends who are like-minded, family members who are like-minded yeah. and say, hey, this is what we got to do. Right. You know, and it just take one, you, you know, just take one real yeah. estate property. It takes one, sit down with a, somebody with life insurance to get that together because we need to stop doing GoFundMe's to bury people. Yes. And right. you can yes. pass your life insurance down if something unfortunate does happen yes. to you. You know, your wills, okay, if I do have a car, if I do have a house, I can pass that down to my kids without having to go through a whole estate process. Mm. Right. You know, the stock market, watching the stock market and, and seeing what to invest in and letting that mature over time. You know, because there are things, you know, the microphones, who make these microphones? It's probably a stock. Who makes the metal to make the right. microphones? Mm-hmm. Probably a stock. Right. You know, no. ammo went out. Who made who made the ammo for the it's it's things, right. you know, you play basketball, invest in Spalding, you play football, invest invest in Wilson. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's just changing that mindset. It's just it's, it's just changing that mindset. Right. And it's 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 not that hard to do, it's just it's rhythmic. So it's like, hey, if I could spend twenty dollars on a bottle, you know, right. every Friday, mm-hmm. I could take that twenty dollars. And maybe save it up to the end of the right. month, maybe have a hundred. Maybe then I buy a Nike stock and then I right. keep doing it every single month. And then maybe when Christmas time rolls around, I ain't gotta buy a little homie the Jordans. Mm-hmm. It's already bought because the Nike stock matured over the right. period of time. Right. right. Or right. Apple. You know, right. Apple just split. I think just recently, um mm-hmm. real, in, in sometime around the summertime, right. they just split. Mm-hmm. Right. But everybody buying a thousand dollar iPhone when they could have had a bought if you just called on the Apple and it's it's changing it's changing that mindset you're absolutely right it's getting around like-minded people changing that mindset um and I I love it so I know we only have a few minutes left and I kind of want to switch gears too to talk about the um Buffalo mm-hmm. uh, music art and arts festival and what did what made you um do that and I know like it was when I heard that you were doing that for Buffalo, I was like, listen, there is nothing ever <laughs> like this in this area. And I was like, this is a pretty dope concept. Yeah, like, yeah. And we go to so many music festivals. We go to Coachella and everything else and support these big artists. But we have so much great mm. talent that needs to be cultivated here in the city. Right. Um, so what made you to start that venture? Essentially just what you said. It was like, you know, it was a thing. It was like, okay, Buffalo is a very diverse city. Um, and at the same time, it's a very segregated city, mm-hmm. um, but it ha- has a rich history of music and arts and mm-hmm. even culture. So if you can provide a platform that can bridge all of these cultures and these generations together and really celebrate that and cultivate that um, as these artists are on the rise, mm-hmm. um, you can have something really, really great here. And that's essentially what it is, is that, you know, we can go out to the Coachella's and the South by Southwesters and, and so forth and, and, and even the Roots Picnic, which I love. Yeah. Um, and you can see those and say, okay, that's great. And then, okay, but we also have this talent here. You know, just in the last five years, you know, we have artists that are taking mm-hmm. off. Yeah. All genres of music, yeah. you know, all yeah. genres of music. And then also, on the same time now, it's also a festival that can, like, grow with us. You yes. know, mm-hmm. You know, if you're from the Buffalo area, you know that there's a many festivals that have been around for 20, 30 years that our parents and our grandparents have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't really been one that, has gravitated for our generation. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of always went to those festivals and be like, oh, we're just here because this has always been a namesake for us since right. we were kids. Right. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been something that we actually grew up with or actually we, we you know, knew of. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is kind of that that same thing too. So it's, it's about diversity. Um, it's not, you know, for the large part of it, you know, for the first couple of years, I'm like, I don't want to be on the forefront of it. Because I don't want people to think that it's just going to be a hip hop and R&B thing, mm-hmm. gotcha. you know, right? Because gotcha. that that typically happens in an area like this when they see somebody mm-hmm. of my likeness, they want to hop on. So, oh, this is going to be just another hip hop mm-hmm. and R&B okay. show, you know. Um, but it wasn't like that, you know. Like 
we really strive to have all genres of music there. So like, it's not just like you know other festivals where is oh yeah we have rock and funk and this we got hip hop mm-hmm. and it's like one hip hop guy that you know right whatever have <laughs> you right. you know but it's like no it's two three of each genre of music and we mix it up whereas oh it's not this stage just for jazz or not this stage just okay. for hip hop okay everybody's you may literally be watching country next after that it may be hip hop and then after that it may right. be you know EDM and it's all mixing up on the different stages so. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. And then also with a, creating a brand, mm. you know, mm-hmm. more than just a festival. You know, the festival is the celebration, but creating right. a brand that's community engaged um, through our foundation. It's community engaged, you know, through uh, merchandise and our uh, arts and beats and our platforms that we provide in collaboration with the artists um, and just continue to do that on a 365 mm-hmm. um, schedule in 66 on some years. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but just, just doing that. I mean, and it's it's been very successful. I've yeah. yes. gotten a lot of publicity around the right. um, the festival in itself. But you know, what other things? I guess you you're and we when we were beginning, we're like, man, this man has many hats. Yes, you know, yeah. he's wearing the hats of real estate, the hats of putting on um, festivals, right. the hats of balling for a cause, which right. was mm-hmm. you know right. a really popular event too. Right. What's next for you? What do you what do you see? I mean, you talk about generational wealth, right? And you're talking about a festival and passing that down, right? right. In that sense, so what is what does that look like? For so you? really, just focus, like you know, just keeping those those four pillars intact. Um, so you know, with real estate, you know, sports, entertainment, and still staying with education. Those are like my okay. four pillars that kind of just stay with. But just preparing, you know, my daughters, you know, mm-hmm. to to be the next one. When I started doing the events and stuff, I was 18. Okay, you know, so you know, my daughter, she's 10, so she'll be of age, you know, in eight years, you know, to do stuff. So like just little stuff, like, you know, just the other day we just were talking about generational wealth and had her, you know, looking at stuff and, you know, she has her accounts and she talks about stocks. Then now I was talking about, Hey, you know, Hey Mel, you know, we got, uh, with the hoodies and stuff like that. Like, Hey, we got kids hoodies coming out, you know, um, mm-hmm. I want you to be the creative director for that. Oh, dope. Yeah. That's dope. You know, and then have like, she's like, what you mean? Just think of something like, think of how you want the shoot to be and put her in a position to think, Right. And mm. then have her create that. And then that can be a mechanism for her to to create. Yeah. You know, and have a piece of that until she's 18. And then hopefully by the time she's eight, 18, I could be done. Okay. <laughs> you know, so now but then now for her. So for me, you know, in eight years, you know, the festival will be 13 years in. You know, that's the thing, too, that our culture doesn't mm. you know, the succession plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to pass it on and move on. You know, we have a lot of organizations and things that happen where mm-hmm. people are holding on too long, mm-hmm. you know, so. Till death. You right. Yes. Yeah. To, literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, it's okay. Hey, by the time she's 18, you know, she already is in, she's already tuned in. Yeah. So by the time she's 18, she'll be wired enough to really run this thing. And then her sister be, you know, will be 10. And then now she could be teaching her how to do it. And now. Just keep it going. Yeah. So, I mean, and for folks that don't know, she had her own lemonade stand. Right. Yeah, her own yeah, lemonade. yeah, yeah, so you, yeah. Y'all been starting that. Yeah, she started that. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> she started that when she was uh, five. So mm-hmm. she was five. Yeah. yeah, she was five. So, um, what was it Mel's lemonade? Yes, melanie yep. So she she came up with the Melody. whole concept. So melanie Yeah. So we was her my my nieces were in town and it was my niece. They went to David Buster's and they was going somewhere else. They went to Italian festival on Saturday. David Buster's on Friday and they wanted to go to Fantasy Island. I'm like, man, dude, that's, you know, money here, here, here. That's a, that's a $200 weekend, man. Yeah. So I'm like, you need to find a business to fund this. So she literally was like, what do you mean? I said, just think of it. So she, so then literally it was like at church and then now she's like, I'm going to do a lemonade stand. 
I'm gonna call it Melanate. I'm gonna make my signs and I'm gonna do it at your basketball tournament. And that's what happened. Wow. I remember. Yeah, this shit. Yeah, this shit. Thirsty. I was like, can I get? <laughs> yeah, she came back and she just took off. So. Um, her and her mom, they 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 make it. I'm just a tester. I stay out the way. Okay. Um, okay. And I just you know just help you know give her the give her the space to do it. Um, so now we're working on some other things. You know, expand outside. You know, eliminate it as a whole. So you know, just creating her brand and you know expand that and rebrand it for. Her, so, but starting young, which is dope. Yeah. Which so dope. starting young and have her own piece of ownership. You know, yeah. right. what, what she wants to do. Right. So. You know, hopefully her and her sister can run that. You know, all right. So the countdown, the countdown is on for your yes, retirement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. Right, she, right. she was a little too young to take over balling for a cause, but <laughs> she, 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 she could do. Yeah, some I think stuff. everybody who's in balling for a cause, we all got a little old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was so that was that was it. So it was just passing those things down, just passing what you know. What you know, I always tell people is like you know, passing out what you learned your, your mistakes in your twenties, mm-hmm. you know, and just passing that knowledge down and say, hey, look, man, you can bypass all that, right? Yes. You know, right. <laughs> you can yes. bypass. I, I did it for you. Yeah, yeah, yes, I, you can I bypass it, right. all that, and you got a head start because you have these things in place, right? Right, and just creating that those systems for them, mm-hmm. you know. So right. that's that's the biggest thing. Set them up for success. Yeah, just set yeah. them up for success. You know, just put them in position. You know, put them in you know good schools, education. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, if she wants to go to college, you go to college. But if not, then, you know, figure it out. Right. Not figure it out then, but, you know, figure it out before. But I, I tell right. students that all the time. It's like, you know, college ain't for everybody. It's right. not, you right. know. Um, but you better have a plan once you graduate high school. Idris yeah. said the same thing last hour, last episode, last, yeah. last week, and yeah. and you're you're already starting to drop some gems. So we gotta right. make this delineation, right. Yeah. right? So we always leave people with the gem of the day, right? right. So what what is your your gem? What do you want to leave the people? people? Um, I always go. I don't go too much of course. I just stick with you know life and death is in the power of the tongue. So mm-hmm. like you know. Um, I just stick, yes, yeah. So I, I just keep it there. Like if, if, if you believe it, you speak it, you say it good or bad. So Hmm. if you like, man, this day going to be crappy, then bruh, something going to happen. Right. right. Or if it may not be this day, it may be the next day, you know? So just speaking and believe it. Um, and then, then it's going to happen, you know, and just seeing, you know, just seeing that vision happen. So, um, I just, I just live by that. So, you know, even like when you're down, you out or you're thinking about certain things like, man, I don't know how that's going to happen. And then, but you're like, man, it's going to make a way. And then next, you know, you may get a phone call that right. you wasn't expecting. Out of nowhere. Right. Out of nowhere. Happened. You know, it's happened plenty of times. Yeah, so that ha- happens questions. all the time. But just, it's just about sowing that seed, and that seed going to yeah. bloom eventually. Right. And you right. could have sold it last year, the year before, but now it's It may that, not that be time. tomorrow, but it's going right. to come. It's, it's going to come. Right. <laughs> it's gonna so come. where can we find you? Where can we find you? Where can we find all your businesses, social media? So social media, um, the easy one is Facebook, Lindsay Taylor. Um, but the Lindsay L. Taylor Real Estate. Um, and on there, I'm always like, like Akua said, I'm always on there, you know, trying to drop gems for people in regards to real estate. Um, so I'm always on there. And then we'll be kicking off the second season of Monday Morning Coffee, um, which is essentially, you know, some of the things I'm talking about, what generational wealth and how people can understand every aspect of real estate Real estate and business. So, you know, so we talked about stocks our last season. We talked about, you know, how do you see a contract, how you go out and and, and look at different investment okay. tools and so forth like that. So those happen on Monday mornings. They're 30-minute conversations. So I have people who are professionals in the field, and then we spin that back out and give it to the people. Awesome. So, and where can we find all at all things Bowflow? At Bowflow Music Arts. Awesome. Instagram. Awesome. I was right on time. 
So right well, <laughs> thank you. right on time. But um, yeah, so thanks for being on our podcast. Yeah, appreciate it. Was awesome, dope. It's it's dope, been yeah. an awesome conversation. So hopefully you won't be a stranger. Nah, nah. But, I love it. Yeah. I love podcasts. I love podcasts. It's more different than like news interviews. Just like. <laughs> right, you just nod your head. Nod yeah, just mind. nod. Even like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> y'all gonna cut out this last minute I just said. You know, use ten seconds. Right, it. right. Nah, so. but still, I'm, I'm appreciate. It. I appreciate it. Yeah, so, of course. For coming on. Thank yeah, you. No problem. And y'all stay tuned. Um, next week, episode, episode nine. Episode so we're nine. wrapping up the season. So make sure you talk to us with topics, things like that. What do you want to see for the next two episodes, next season, as we start to brainstorm? Um, but yeah, so it's been great. It has been. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Peace. All right. See ya. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Black Gems Dive In on Twitter and Instagram and at Black Gems Dive In Podcast on Facebook.